All right, what's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here with Mr. Ryan Muckenhorn to discuss. Actually, this is going to be a series of 10-minute talks, so keep your eyes peeled over the next couple of Tuesdays. NATO cartridges. We're going to go smallest to largest, and uh, there are four. So the first one would naturally be the 9x19 NATO. Yes. And uh, actually, you were just saying the one on the table here in front of us technically is not a 9x19 NATO. It is not. That is a 9mm, though. It is. So explain what's going on here. So backing up a little bit, we're just going to get into the cursory thing of what NATO is. North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Formed after World War II from... Did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, formed after World War II. Imagine this. You fight a world war with your allies. You show up, and you, the gentlemen of America, are shooting 30 out 6 They, the gentlemen of Great Britain, are shooting three oh three. We're fighting in the same territory. We're fighting in the same place. All of a sudden, ammunition stocks run low. An unfortunate happenstance with a bomber and a, a you know large vessel carrying ammo. We sink that. Now what? Now we've got two different rifles firing two different cartridges. Um, we can end up in dire straits as yeah. allies. NATO was formed for a number of different reasons. Part of this is the standardization of calibers and some other things so that if we as allies go fight a war on foreign ground, we have same ammo. Exactly. Right. So one of those early ones was uh, 9 by 19 And getting into what 9 by 19 means, it's a 9-millimeter bullet, so 9 millimeters in diameter, and okay. the case is 19 millimeters long, so measured from the head to the mouth. Okay. It's 19 millimeters, 9 by 19. All right. Um, and then that has a spec adhered to it. Now, there's a variety of different loadings within this, too. Nine, not as much as, say, like the 50 BMG or the 12.7 by 99, which we'll get into, but 124 grain bullet at, I, I believe it's uh, 1,200 feet per second is, like, the spec for that particular loading. Okay. So, gotcha. So it's the... It's the the cartridge or the round, but also the bullet mm-hmm. has a spec as Correct. well. Correct. Okay. So if uh, a U.S. service member firing a SIG M17 or a Glock 19 or a Beretta M9 were to encounter uh, a British service member firing a different pistol chambered to 9mm, I actually don't know what they carry, you know, they'd be set up for 9mm NATO. Um, everything, the muscle memory would all be the same. It can go in your MP5, it can go in your M9, it can go in your, you know, whatever 9mm arm that Mm -hmm. that NATO participant country is running, uh, and then work, function, and everybody's on board with how it is and how it works. Um, This, on the other hand, is a commercial loading. Uh, This is a 124-grain spear gold dot. It's loaded quite a bit lighter than the NATO loading. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. One thing I should note is that this particular cartridge came along well before NATO was even a thing, long before World War II happened. Yeah. So a was lot it, of... Were, wasn't a lot of German pistols It was, yeah. So it's parent... by 19? Yep. It's parent case is a 30 Luger, which is a really interesting bottleneck pistol cartridge, which we've talked only very little about in some of these 10-minute talks, necked up to 9 millimeter, and it's a phenomenal pistol cartridge is a phenomenal carbine cartridge too or subgun cartridge the nato adoption of it is just icing on the cake so if we go to nato countries nato participate countries or we have allies from them they, they've got nine millimeter on the train you know and is is the biggest difference between then this commercial loading and the and the nato one then just how hot the nato ones are loaded? pretty much specs for like projectile weight or composition or style so like this is a an expanding bullet the nato spec round that I'm talking about specifically would be a round nose or what they call a ball round. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So a full metal jacket. 
uh, and then it's typically loaded to a higher pressure. Another thing about NATO cases, and this is going to be more prevalent in the 5.6 five, five, when we get to that talk, is how the case is constructed too, because there is a subtle difference between it. So if we were to cross-section uh, any of the NATO cases, you'll see a little bit heavier con- or construction at the case web, um, which is right forward to the extractor groove. Okay. They're a little bit heavier duty. And a lot of the times, the primer pockets are staked or crimped. This is especially useful for transport longevity and the machine gun use. So this particular 9mm case does not have a crimped or staked pocket, hmm. um, meaning that its primer can be knocked out with it. You know, when we were doing the reloading podcast, just a simple pass through that gotcha. uh, reloading. So overall, pass. I mean, it sounds like just a little bit more heavy duty. Yep, is that correct. Okay. Yep. So if it's for machine gun use, it keeps the primer from backing out under the repetitive fire of uh, a machine gun. And it's a little bit heavier in the, in the case web to increase pressures. Um, so most of the NATO spec cartridges, and I, I think this is for all of them, will have a higher pressure than, say, a commercial variant. So, and then, Ryan, you were saying, you know, like uh, the NATO rounds are actually somewhat hard to come by, which, looking at it, it seemed like availability was the reason why yeah. we did this, everybody did this. So what? where's uh, the contrast so there? So the commercial market, I think, you know, it would be technically a little bit more costly to produce new loaded NATO ammo because the brass is a little bit heavier. Okay. And it's hotter. So in a pistol, for instance, if you go down to your local big box store and you look on the shelf, you'll see a lot of 115 grain, 124, 147 grain, 9 millimeter. And generally, it's just ball ammo. Pretty inexpensive, right around 9 bucks a box. It's not loaded to NATO spec. It doesn't have to adhere to those extra manufacturing processes like the staking of the primer or the heavier case wall. Um, or those increased pressures. I think it's really just an affordability thing, perhaps in this case. Yeah, it doesn't sound like practical. There's no. really no practical reason for the average guy. Not at all. No. Okay. In fact, in, in terms of like competition shooting, which I used to do quite a bit of, I would intentionally load my 9mm loadings down well, right. well, well below the NATO spec. So it's not okay. so snappy. Correct. It was just advantageous from a follow-through. You're and, not and, trying to put bad guys down, just no. hit steel. Yep, and, hitting steel and putting a hole in yeah. cardboard. So I wasn't even close to what the, quote, NATO spec was. The NATO spec stuff, pretty snappy. Like I said, 124 grainer at, I believe, 1,200 feet per second, mm. which is stout. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Do you know how they settled on this one? I mean, there's a lot of pistol cartridges available. Like, do you know why? Yep, this is the one. So they have trials. Uh, they have testing that goes on. There's a whole panel um, that reviews this. Uh, they look at what countries are running, what yeah, I mean, if it's a cost, if it's an availability, if I mean, think of any facet you would from like a logistics standpoint, transport, storage, manufacturing, availability, shootability, they run through the tests and then they settle on it. Like this is an agreeable and usable thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing about the NATO part in one in particular that makes it not allowed for civilians to have, right? I know we were talking about uh, the FN57. Not in the US. Okay, so explain this. Because, like, remember the FN57, they have those armor-piercing rounds that the, yeah. a lot of the official duty professional guys right. use, and the civilians can't get that. So, so what? Yeah, so there could be a, a projectile clause there, or, or like an asterisk or a, a caveat to that. Like, you can't possess um, an explosive projectile okay. um, for a number of different reasons. Similar thing with the, with the uh, FN loadings that we were talking about in the 5.7 by 28 millimeter podcast. But there are some countries that because that is a weapon of war um, in a caliber uh, that is available to law enforcement or military that you can't have it. Um, And whether they're a NATO participant country or not may be something altogether differently. I know some friends of mine uh, in South America that do a lot of competition shooting can't have nine millimeter. 
Because Any kind. Nothing. They oh, can, wow. Yeah, I should say, they can't have 9 by 19 9-millimeter Luger, 9-millimeter Parabellum. These are all common names for the same thing. Yeah. So they have race guns. Like, I think you guys did a 2011 podcast with, like, Adam and Ruben. Yeah. Same guns chambered in 380 ACP and 38 Super. And then 9 by 21 9 by 23 all these goofy little walk-arounds. Oh, that's interesting. Correct. Um, so the caveats to a particular country not being able to allow that kind of thing, you know, that's a whole political discussion. I was going to say, what's the, I wonder what yeah. the practical reasoning is behind that. I think it's so you can't have the same kind of bullets that yeah. um, the guys enforcing laws do. Now, can you believe we've made it nine minutes and we haven't discussed the whole nine mil versus 45 ACP thing? I'm all about it. You're all about nine mil. Do, uh, do I we am. need an hour for that, Jim? Probably. I don't know. I feel like everybody's kind of come to the conclusion that the modern ammunition. Correct. With nine mil. Yeah. There's just no reason to. I mean, I've even heard people that go in and inspect wounds after they've happened can't even tell the difference between a nine mil wound and a 45 wound anymore. You know, with the modern ammunition. I would say this if I can have more rounds on target quickly without a disrupted sight picture, if I can have more rounds in my magazine so that if, God forbid, I have to encounter a situation in which I have to use that kind of arm, I'm all about nine. Mm -hmm. Give me the advantage. It's a great round. I'd say so. Yeah. Look at that. We came in right at 10 minutes with wow. this one. Whew. It's pretty solid. Thanks, Ryan. Let's well, next up, we're going to go up in size in the NATO cartridges to the 5.56. The ubiquitous 5.56. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. I think however this is going to roll up, I think next week. All right. Next week. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. See ya.